What on earth is that? It's a Journey in the Comics Network production! What? We're back. Yeah. It all started out as a wiggle in his brain when they hit the brand new guy in the puzzle game setting out on a journey podcast into the masses formed a pod family kicking out your asses now the walking dead is dead and the end game was won but the war it isn't over because the battle's just begun the boys are back in action can't you see nate and brando laid down the ogs of jic what's up tutorinos and welcome back to another episode of the ogs what 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 we're back here again are we on time or are we late this time i don't remember well, we're late, but we're on time as always because we're never late because we're always on time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works, but yeah, it works. I'm not too sure either. Uh, quick side note here: I am not turning off my AC. No, it's fine. I'm don't. Not it's do like it. 90 bullshitting degrees I'm not outside. Do it. So today. if you hear that in the background, I got I, mean, I got a good mic. It's not too loud. Um, today, uh, we have decided to do what we did with the Back to the Future episode, where we put a movie on in the background. We encourage you guys to watch it with us. We're going to do like a little commentary track and just tell some stories along with it. And today we're watching Batman Returns. And oddly enough, Nate, we've already done one of these on an old Foodies Watching Movies episode. I think it was like early on in Foodies. Episode one, just a taste. Was it was Because episode zero is Twister. Episode one, if my memory serves me right, was Batman. Or it was episode two that was Batman. And episode one was Turtles. It's it's in one of those two orders, but I can't really recall 100%. Okay, well, I just thought it was really cool that we'd already done it, so we, so we don't need to do it again. Instead, probably about four years later, here we are. We're going to be doing the second movie of the Burton. Uh, it's not even fair to just say, like, the Burton-verse, because I, I, I've said it, and I don't know if I've said it here on this show, but Burton-verse, I consider that different from Schumacher-verse, even though they're the same thing but different fe- Whenever we, when 10 years when we watch Batman Forever, or maybe the Schumacher cut of that, when we do that, <laughs> yeah, I'll be pointing out all the different things that it just, it's so weird compared to these. But, um, yeah, we're, we're going to be doing this a little bit more often uh, because I, I think it went really well with the Back to the Future episode because it, it just serves as a nice little backdrop. You can watch it along or not. You can just listen to us in your car on, or on your commute. And here, I mean, we're going to be talking about the movie a little bit. It's one of our favorite movies of all time. Brando, I just want to confirm. What's up? For those who might want to go back and listen to us riff on 89 Batman, okay. uh, they can go to Foodies Watching Movie Season 1, Episode 2, two. Dance with the Devil. Correct. Okay. So it was Episode so. 2 of Food. I knew. I, I remember it being early on because I think we did uh, Game Addicts that same day, early episode of that, Crossing the Streams or whatever. Was that? Yeah. Uh, really early on. But – uh, Batman Returns, you'll find that right now on HBO Max. Of course, uh, if you listen to this many years down the road, find it on your favorite streaming service. And or whatever up. people are watching TVs on now. Cows? I'm not sure. Maybe. But we are zeroed yeah. out. And what we're going to do is that we're going to count down. This time it's going to work, Nate. Not, not unlike the Back to the Future one where, where the Blu-ray. Oh, I've got us ready and, and, and waiting. Where the Blu-ray was like, uh, had a screensaver and then it didn't want to move. And then it like it, it was already 15 seconds in. So... Now it's zeroed out. Nate, are you ready? 100%, brother. Do the countdown whenever you are ready to go. All right, guys. If you're ready, get it, get it all queued up. Pause me if you don't have it. So when I say play, you guys play. Not that play. 
No, it's the one that's coming up after the three, two, one, go. Yeah. So everybody, <laughs> three, two, one, play. It's we, rated PG thirteen, Brando. If you weren't aware. Oh yes, yes. Oh, and, and by all means, get your favorite snack. I got some Oreos. And I don't gonna, have any snacks. I'm gonna actually. try that's not to crunch. Um, well, okay. So here's the thing. I'm actually going to um, start cutting down on my sweets and uh, and actually meal prepping a little bit. This is 34, man. We aren't young no more. We got to start taking care of these vessels. I know. Oh, look! It's Pee Wee Cobblepot. <laughs> so you okay? Imagine if you went into this movie blind. You didn't know what it was. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh. Because I, I, I always think that would be really cool to do. Like, I fucking love the floors. Yeah, I know. But like, imagine if you were like, w- w- would you be able to put, be able to put together that this is a Batman movie? Yet? No, not at all. It's just very confusing. Uh, but also, what we learned from the uh, AI that uh, right wrote the Batman. You know, uh, he shot Penguin in prison. So uh, oh, no, he punched him into prison. Punched him into prison. That's right. Not shot him. Batman doesn't use guns. Uh, can I just say, as parents, like you know, what would you do? <laughs> like, like, oh, how's your weekend going, man? Oh, my weekend's pretty fucking terrible. My kid ate our cat. Excuse me. What did you just say? Our child, who only has flippers for hands, ate our cat. Also, this movie, unlike the first one, eighty nine Batman. Also directed by Tim Burton. This movie is a Tim Burton movie. Oh, yeah. You can tell, like, he went from Edward Scissorhands to this. And there's the blue light doing everything always. But, like, his, it, his tone. It's the, well, because then also you know, Burton works a lot with Danny Elfman, so it has the same similar soundtrack to Edward Scissorhands. You're almost like, wait, is this an Edward Scissorhands sequel? What is this? You know, not like, like now he's flipper hands or what? And is the purpose here to kill the baby, or are they just trying to rid themselves of it? Because it doesn't seem like a smart plan to just throw it into water where anybody could very quickly see it. I know you're going to go off the cliff here, but it's still in a pretty safe bassinet that's circular, man. It's very, it's very Moses-y. Yeah. Yeah, that maybe there are some biblical cues here, taking them down the river, but... Uh, this movie has a very, very special, like, just to kind of open up the doors where in the inter- interim credits here. This story, this movie has a very interesting story in my whole livelihood, in my existence, because I was, well, let's see, this was, what, 91? I'm pretty sure 91, 92? Mm-hmm. 91, 92? Uh, I was still living in Hoopston at the very first part of my life because we moved away for a small time. And it was right after... To- uh, champagne. Okay. Champagne. Yeah. For first grade, I went to Champagne in a mostly African American school in a kind of rough area of town. It was definitely culture shock, is is a way to say it. But uh, as part of the kind of the reason we ended up moving back. But my parents were together still. We were living in the house on uh, Lincoln in Hoopston, and. I remember this movie came out on VHS and we used to go to Hollywood video and tan to rent movies. And, you know, uh, you could rent anything there. You can rent WCW tapes. You could rent wrestling, any kind of rent. You can rent porn. Cause they actually did have a porn section back there. Of course I never <laughs> went in it, but they did have one from what I understand. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I remember that my grandparents were watching me and this is all very 
a part of the story that makes it really interesting. And, and the more I thought about like today, you said we're doing returns. My wheels really kicked like, Oh, remember the moments, like really think about it. So the movie came out on VHS and I'm guessing that probably around the time it came out on VHS is probably when the toy line dropped. And around that time, my mom was actually going and seeing a lot of specialists because she was having problems with her hands, um, carpal tunnel and the like, and having all these different really, really bad problems where she could, you know, it's very interesting that you say that. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, no, go ahead. Me. Sure. Cookie it down. But didn't your sister also have nerve issues with her hands and wrists? Uh, yeah. And my sister, you know, was a non-genetic thing, complete, like almost like freak accident type thing that, that caused it, you know, they're much better now. Like, you know, I'd say mm -hmm. she probably has like 85% mobility, but there was a time there where my sister didn't have mobility in her hands at all. Like they were completely limp wrist and she couldn't do it. It's very interesting though. Um, yeah, it is. It really definitely is. But okay. So my sister is alive, uh, very little at this point. She's like a year and a half old year old. So my grandparents had to watch me. So my parents go to the specialist to get my mom's hands looked at. And it was, I think in Mayo clinic up in Minnesota. So there was like a couple things that were happening. They had to go to a preliminary trip and then they were going to get called back for her to have a surgery. The preliminary trip, my grandparents watched me, uh, and it was whatever. Well, then the next time they watched me, uh, was like a week before their trip. And when they watched me in Hoopston, they said, do you want to go to Hollywood video? And I said, yes. And we were walking around and I saw Batman. And of course, 89 Batman, one of my all time favorite flicks. How could I not immediately see the next cut, the next chapter and go, I want to see this. I immediately grab it. And my grandparents were none the wiser, but I knew my dad had told me very specifically, you're not to rent Batman. Don't get the new Batman. So I rent Batman and NeverEnding Story, thinking, well, if I rent the NeverEnding Story, they'll never notice Batman was rented. They'll just be completely oblivious to that, which <laughs> did not work. Um, so we get home, and they're big pissed. They're very mad at me that I have, you know, wasted money and wasted my grandparents' time. I also remember that we went to McDonald's that day, and there was a really bad storm. And there were 89, there were not 89, but there were the Batman Returns uh, toys at McDonald's. And I got the um, the Catwoman car, which is still actually I, we have one of them back mm -hmm. in the lobby. Um, but then my parents were upset; they didn't want me to watch it. Then they kind of like made the decision: well, the money's been spent, whatever. He's gonna be, you know, uh, introduced to it at some point. Let's just monitor it. So they made me watch Neverending Story first. They said, if you want to watch Batman, you got to watch all the Neverending Story first. So I had to like. I like the never ending story, but it's not Batman. So I'm just like trudging through. Like I really want to watch fucking Batman, you know, finally I get to watch Batman. Obviously I love it. Now where the story kind of takes a cool twist is that when she went to have the surgery and everything done, they came back from the trip with a bunch of the movie figures. So I had Bruce Wayne. I had the penguin. I had the fucking Catwoman. They even bought me the penguins with the rockets on them the little two pack. And then that same year for Christmas, I ended up getting the Batmobile, the Bruce Wayne Batmobile. What well, was actually just not the Batmobile. It's like a car that you put Bruce Wayne in. And when you pulled him back, it would put like a suit on him oh, and cool. then he would come back up. Yeah. But, uh, and then that has another story, but I'll get to that later. So anyways, uh, Max Shrek, uh, talking about how he's going to fuck Gotham up Brando. All right. So do you think this guy, not, not, a one-to-one -one. it's friends with trump yes 
I was saying kind of based off of Trump from the time period, the Ooh. hair. Interesting. Crazy hairdo. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to be, I mean, let's, let's be real. I really like the fact that they introduced, like, it, he's, is he even from the comics or is he a whole brand new creation? I'm pretty sure Ma the Max Shrek character was an ancillary character from the comic books, but never had quite the role. It was more of a name thing. I'm looking that up now just to double check. But I, I really liked, uh, I mean, Christopher Walken's great in everything. Uh, but for him to play like this this rich, greedy villain, and, and honestly, he's like the villain of the movie. Um, you know, Penguin's the villain, sure. Catwoman, sure. But he's not on the poster, and, and he is like the villain. <laughs> Everything in this movie happens because of him. From what I am seeing, just so we are aware... It looks like his debut was actually 89 Batman, and then he got canonized in other uh, things, a, a lot of which happened to be the animated series. He had a big role. Yeah. Uh, they utilized that character. They also, it looks like, utilized him uh, uh, apparently as a subtle Easter egg in Dark Knight Rises. That's cool. Where uh, the son is Charles Shrek, yeah. the head of the construction company. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, no, you know, no official uh, entries in the comic world, but uh, still a prominent thing to have in the movies because he plays a very integral part in every moment in the story. I think they weave every character into Max Shrek. That's very exactly cleverly. what I just said. Is like everything happens in this movie because of him. It's just it's it's flawless. Now. It is, you were talking about the toy with the Batmobile. I actually had the Batmobile that had the button, and the sides uh -oh. popped off, and the and it was Big the, jealous. It was like the bat missile or whatever, which I never really understood how he was able to control that as <laughs> like a really rigid and stiff car. But it was, but it makes for a cool scene later on. Um, so you mentioned like the like the like the McDonald's toys. What's funny yeah. about that is that yeah, McDonald's teamed up with Warner Brothers for the for the. Uh, cross promotion for this film first film was a was huge massive success so so the so the, like the sequel had a lot of hype behind it and Warner Brothers was so excited that you know and, and Burton was hesitant to do it because he had never done a sequel you know he had done like what Pee Wee's Big Adventure Beetlejuice uh, Edward Scissorhands Batman Edward Scissorhands and now like you know they're wanting to come back and do another Batman movie. And he's like, oh, man, I don't know. Can I even top it? You know, it's like, huh. oh, darn. <laughs> right. And, you know, what, you know, what do I do? And they and they try to talk him into it. And they're like, look, you, you can have pretty much free reign to make the kind of movie you want. And so then his imagination went wild. And then we got the movie that we got. But because of that, the movie is pretty dark. It's pretty uh, guttural and visceral uh, with uh, the penguin. Very just, ugh, you know? Exactly why my parents didn't want me watching it at six years old. Yeah. So a lot of parents were angry about the McDonald's um, partnership and complained. And the toys ended up getting pulled eventually. Um, so that played an integral part in Warner Brothers not wanting Tim Burton for the sequel to this. So when Tim Burton sat down, he actually had ideas. They had ideas for this movie that didn't make it. Like Robin was going to be uh, what Marlon Wayans. 
Yeah, which is an interesting, very bold choice, but it could have been totally amazing if done right. You know, he was pretty young at the time. He was pretty uh, hot with what, uh, what, what were they doing, Living Color? Yeah, and, and how pro- and how progressive is Tim Burton yeah. wanting to do a uh, a race swap of a character that's sure. very beloved? I mean, he might have been absolutely chastised sure. for doing it, but it could have been legendary because Burton had his hand in it. Also, uh, what got cut from this movie was uh, Harvey Dent was supposed to have it. Well, he was in the early drafts. He was in it. And but then he ended up getting cut, and then they were going to use him for the third movie, and Billy D. Williams was supposed to be a part of it because they'd already established the character in the first movie. Uh, so yeah, Duke Burton sat down at the big boardroom. They came to talk about the sequel. He had ideas. He, he and apparently Burton went on like this big long thing of stuff he wanted to do. He's like, I got this idea. We could do this. We can have like a couple villains. You know, really kind of like he's thinking trilogy now. Now that he's done the second one, he goes, I want to do a trilogy and kind of wrap it up with a third one. You know. You know, yeah, we, a crescendo. Be, you know, because the way we because of the way we leave him in this movie, as we get to see Wayne just brooding. That's what Michael Keaton does the best in these in in, in his movies is just brood. Can I also just say how terrible at keeping the secret of Batman this portion of his <laughs> mansion is? Just, like those are super obvious. And if anyone was in at any point at his house, like <laughs> does he have to put it on the code? Like, don't put my special bat lights on you, fucks. I've got guests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sitting in front of that fireplace, we'll see later. Later, that just is that you that you can fit the car in. <laughs> you know, massive fireplace. But yeah, it, so then there, uh, Tim Burton stopped, and he just kind of like, you guys aren't into this, are you? <laughs> and they're like, look, Tim, we love you, and we appreciate the hell out of you, but I think we're gonna go in a different direction. And he goes. Okay, <laughs> he's like, like, like I, I can't fight against that. So, it's been it's been real, and they're like we want to keep you on as an executive producer to help. He goes, okay, <laughs> and because Tim didn't get the job, uh, Michael Keaton stepped away. Michael Keaton was hesitant to do this movie because uh, again, it's like uh, it's like what more can he bring to the character? And of course, Batman's of course sort of an. an He's like an auxiliary character in this. It's it's very similar to what we see in the Dark Knight in that trilogy, where Batman is just a secondary character compared to like Harvey Dent and the Joker. When those where two, the story is really revolving around those two. And in this movie, the story is really revolving around Selina Kyle, Shrek, and the Penguin. So, and Batman's there. I mean, he's he's there to stop them and try to bring take them down. And then of course you have the entanglement with Selina and, and the, so so like it's it's interesting. But Bruce doesn't have a big role in this. And that's where they were going to, you know, in the third one, tie it back around. You know, okay, we're going to bring Bruce. And even then, it was like Keaton was, Keaton basically said automatically, if Burton's out, I'm out. And that's why we ended up getting forever the way that we got it. There are so many things wrong with that moment, too, because it, it actually triggered another moment in nerddom later. Because, and follow me here, Tim Burton then got optioned by Warner Brothers to do a Superman movie. Yeah. And in the failures of the what happened to the Batman-verse... Can I just say how how awesome that car is to this day? That's like one of my favorite... Oh, the 89 Batmobile? I love it. I absolutely love that car. 
It gives me a whop every time. <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback to an episode that's aired a long time ago at this point. Oh, but yes, that's funny. Yes, same here. Uh, but no, uh, I loved everything visually about this movie when Batman is on screen. But the stars are definitely Penguin and, and Catwoman, mm-hmm. obviously, and how the, the story is told. Uh, the thing, too, that kind of – so Forever happens, and there's the controversy. Burton doesn't get on for, or, you know, Forever is what it is. Returns is what it is. But Forever uh, isn't quite what Returns was. And then obviously Batman and Robin is them shitting the bed in a lot of ways. And I hate to say it because it is a fun, entertaining movie for what it is, but it's not what we could ever have wanted it to be. So real quick, forever, even though to us and to me, um, now looking back on it now, 2020, right? That double meaning there. Um, forever was a huge success for the company. It was a massive success. It it lightened the tone. Um, it was it was it was more kid friendly, and that's what they were looking for. It, it didn't go full sixty six camp. Batman and Robin would do that pretty much. Um, Forever is like this weird little like mid step in between this and where they were going, but you could definitely see where they were going. It's it's simplified, not as dark. Um. Uh, I watched it just recently, uh, like maybe within the last month or two. And Robin or Forever? Forever. And I watched Forever like almost to the day of its 25th anniversary without having any knowledge that that was the case. That's cool. It was wild. But uh, no, it just, it was a huge success. I remember going, I actually saw that one in the theaters and it was, I was blown away as a kid. Now, same. I saw Forever in theaters. Yeah, yeah. yeah at, we, we we saw it at the same theater. I know we did because <laughs> we grew up in the same town almost. Oh yeah. But uh, no, it it achieved what they wanted. Warner Brothers is very happy, and then they were like, "Push out another one right now." Again, you know, pretty much. It's like when it's like when you have a little kid or a dog, and they do something cute, and you want them to do it exactly the same way again, and it that magic of that first time is very rarely captured again. And that's what kind of what happened. They, they had to make Batman and Robin at such a short time frame, And, uh, Schumacher gave up and it was just every, just, he was so time. Like that, that's one reason why Val Kilmer didn't do that one. He's like, it was, it was right after forever. He wanted to do some other stuff and it was like, the script wasn't as strong. And it was like, okay, I'm not going to do it. And they got Clooney in on just kind of short notice. And Clooney did what he did, and uh, I, I I fault him nothing for that because that whole movie was just like, it's a product placement uh, movie. It's just it was a movie to sell toys. Oh yes, it was. It definitely did that too. Uh, one thing I was going to mention is you know, with Batman and Robin doing what it did and being as bad as it was and not well received, it causes Tim Burton's Superman movie to get canceled with Nick Cage. You know, the Superman movie that never happens. Yes. And then, awkwardly enough, that caused the next what should have been Batman Triumphant to never happen. Yes. Because there was a fifth movie slated, and it never got made. No. What could we have seen there? Would we have seen their version of Scarecrow? Could we have seen a Clayface? Who knows? Well, the rumor was they were going to bring back uh, Jack Nicholson for a flashback sequence. 
Whoa. Or like maybe when, because it, it was Scarecrow was supposed to be the villain, and when he gasses uh, Batman, he sees the Joker and kind of has a flashback. And they were going to bring him back for that. And uh, so, I mean, these are all just stuff that you've heard down the pipeline because it never really got that far into production. But, and then because of that, uh, DC stuff was shelved for a long time and it, it became really risky to do a superhero film. And then we got Blade and that was successful. And then we got X Men and Spider Man. And then, okay, the audience want this stuff again, but presented a little differently. Okay. And then, when, you know, after that, we got Daredevil, Fantastic Four, a bunch of other stuff. But then eventually, Warner Brothers would come back with Batman Begins and knock it out of the park. And kind of spark the superhero revolution. You know what? And that's a good a point. Lot of ways. Because if it wasn't for X-Men and Spider-Man being the kind of films that they were, uh, obviously by different uh, productions, different people, MCU was, was, wasn't even a glimmer yet. But, but because of their success, Warner Brothers felt like they could bring Batman back. How do we bring him back? And how do we avoid missteps? You know, who do we get? And there was a couple different projects. I remember uh, Darren Aronofsky had a possible uh, pro uh, Batman Year One, and that didn't kind of come out or, or, or like come to fruition. Eventually, no one got it, got the nod. But, but it, if you look at the where we are right now in 2020, after have gone through the entire MCU phase one, two, three. And that build up and crescendo, none of that would have existed without the Nolan Batman movies. One hundred percent. Even the risks that they took in the MCU of in some points digging in, being a little darker, adding a lot more drama when maybe some people thought they would pull back and be more lighthearted all mm -hmm. the time. Like that's a lot to do with how they were influenced by what Nolan was able to do so beautifully i mean those movies even and even i get i know i give rises so much guff i love this but, line. i love this line of course he just poured out like all this goop and he goes oh there's no proof it come from anywhere what if i had documents that proved it I, hey uh-uh i would have seen that they were shredded oh good idea yeah 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 <laughs> a lot of tape and a little patience makes all the difference and it's all the documents retaped to blackmail him Oh my gosh! Oh. But anyway, continue. I'm sorry. I just, um, I love that uh, this whole introduction scene with the penguin. Um, we missed it uh, while we were talking, but like when Shrek first meets him and he's like shocked, and then there's Danny DeVito's like, I believe the word you're looking for is ah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hmm. Oh, Fred's hand. God, this whole like this whole movie ha has so many different amazing shots mm -hmm. and memorable things too. like, eh, let me tell you, I have not probably marked out on a Hot Wheel figure in years. But when I saw that they did the penguin duck as a vehicle, that's cool more recently. And it was like very highly detailed and even had like some of the blemishes of it, like being hit by bullets and stuff like amazed absolutely amazed i was just like god it just takes you right back into this movie and I, uh, I had the hot wheel for the bat ski boat which we'll see near the end of the movie it was like a die cast metal bat ski boat thing and it like it makes you wonder it's like when did he have the time and where did he ever think there will be a need for this thing 
That is one of the most ri- that to me is like the one thing in this movie that's very Batman sixty six where he has something for everything, and he's just like, when, Mister Wayne, did you come up with this? And also, when and how did you make a CD be able to to wiki wiki like a vinyl record like he does later? Yes. <laughs> also, can I ask? Uh, why are we watching Selena Kyle poison her cat live in real time? Like cats are super, super lactose intolerant and shouldn't have milk. And she's just like, here, have two bowls of milk. The eighties and nineties were such a weird time. Well, I mean, I mean, was that widely known then? Cause I always thought the cat's drink. I don't think it was widely known then. I think that it's only been more recently discovered as vets have, you know, seen cases where animals are really, really ill and they go, well, what did they drink? Oh, it was milk. Also love the hello there sign and how it changes later. Hell here. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I will say that uh, her transformation is one of the really awesome things in this movie. It's very dark. And it, and it's one thing that when I was a kid watching this, it, it was a bit disturbing. Like Almost in a way, her, you see, like the penguin is... And I love the dichotomy and how they and how they frame this. I'm, see, and now, now here we are on the OGs, and Brando's nerding out already about writing. Um, Whoop. Penguin is very physically scarred, and he he's a monster. He's a physical representation of a monster, and how he was how he has come to be. Hers is all internal and all emotional and mentally. So, like, we don't see that physically represent with her. It's when she get, becomes broken, it's it's a it's an internal thing, and I, I love how the two are just so separate because um, a lot of Batman villains have that. Like Two Face has that, you know, he has that split personality, and yes, he's scarred on one side, and you see like there's two sides to him in a physical manifestation, but it's literally always up here, you know. She, uh, she's in, you know, one of these really interesting characters where it, in a really short time in the movie, we've already seen her pushed a lot by a lot of different people really quickly. She almost got mugged. Mm-hmm. She, you know, her boss is an asshole. Other people don't take her seriously. Like, we're all going down this path. So when what we're about to see here and the, the window scene, uh, that happens. It is not only her body being broken because she's fallen this great distance to her quote-unquote death, but it's also her mental breaking point that when she leathers up, the gloves have come off. And she is sick of people pushing her to the point that an extreme of a person you would never see is, is coming out. And that's one thing that really the comics always captivated about, or, you know, made me captivated about Selena with is the, she was a good person at one point. Yeah, absolutely. But all, all good people can be driven bad. We'll see. And also I don't feel like Selena is a character that is 100% a bad person. I feel like there's still a bit of her in there. That's that good person. And we see that come out. I mean, granted, that's kind of her mask, isn't it? You it know? really is. Uh, just like Bruce is Batman's mask, and and how that—that's why they're so comparable. But and you know, Bruce knows that she's a good person deep down and can be, and she's just like I'm far too, I'm far too gone for this. Also, was that a taxidermy chihuahua behind? Yes, it Shrek's was. Uh, Geraldo, I, I think that's what she said his name was. Um, but I never owned this one. Uh, like on VHS. Really? No, I uh, uh Batman was the first tape 
that my mom ever like probably like other than Disney stuff that my mom ever bought me. And I remember getting it at Target in Danville back when that was a, connected to the mall. And they had them up there by the registers. I'm like, oh, Batman. And then she's like, no. But the thing is, Batman 89 was the first real affordable VHS movie that ever came out. It was like $9.99 or something like that. Or, or, or like $19.99. Very cheap. And uh, they wanted it to be cheap because the movie was such a massive, massive success. When they lowered that price, all the other companies had to start lowering the prices of their movies, and it revolutionized the home movie industry to where it became more affordable. But I never owned this. Uh, we rented it and uh, quite a bit, and I watched it. But we never got around to we, like like we never even got around to like legally copying it, like we did like Turtles and, and like and other movies that I had. Just put two VCRs together and and, and copy it. Um, also. Um- there's a subtle reference to the first Batman just then because that cat is floating in the parade in the first movie, right? Yes. The head of that cat is floating in the parade. Yeah. In the first movie. That, that, that's a good, that's a good eye. You know what? I, hey. I, I, I knew it, but I never even put it together. Yeah. It's one of those things you see it. And I was just like, Oh, it's a part of the universe, but it just really just now hit me. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's great. I wonder if anybody's ever called that out or noticed that there's also another Easter egg that was just recently talked about that much later in the film we'll be discussing. That could be a door to how we get to where we're going to possibly be with Keaton here in the near future. That's very interesting, too. I want to see how they're going to do that, and I can't wait to see him come back. Do you know the Easter egg I'm talking about that involves that, by the way? Not necessarily, but let's just okay. wait. And yeah, when we get there, there, sure, for sure. I like how they're just like biting the crap out of her. Like, yeah, hungry. these cats are fucking her up. And I don't think I've ever seen a feral cat just be like, man, I'm going to chow on some human flesh. Yeah. What up? I mean, my cat bites me all the time, but. It'd be know. more likely if it was pigs. Pigs are more likely <laughs> yeah. to eat a human so, in eight minutes. So, like, my cat, when I'm just sitting there and, and he's sitting on me, he will just go, ah. And just chew on your finger, on your Well, he, will, he, he just, like, nibbles me, like, pet me. Uh, I love this. She's returning to the to the apartment, and she's saying the same thing she always says, but she's so just, like, not there, knocks over the lamp, mm-hmm. throws the jacket into the nothing space. Gives the cat some milk. Plop, plop. <laughs> Drinks the milk, you know. Ugh. It's just, like, the way that Michelle Pfeiffer acted this scene is just, like, because, you know, I'm sure they probably shot this scene and the previous version of this scene back to back. They could have. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and and then so then she has the 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 vibe and the flow of how she's done it the first way. And then they're going to tell her, OK, well, now you have to be just like not there, but there. Yeah. And this is what we get. And, I, you know. Her freak out is amazing. Like everything about this scene just owns, in my opinion. So here's an interesting conversation to have while she's panicking and she's going to stuff all her stuffed animals down the garbage disposal, which was very just weird and disturbing to watch as a child. Um, do you consider this a Christmas movie? Yes. Okay, because there's – And some, I always have. Be, okay, because a lot of people argue that just because it's Christmas time in a movie doesn't make it a Christmas movie. And I kind of like say it does. <laughs> like – I'm one of those guys that like no Die Hard's a Christmas movie, like it's the most 
awesome action Christmas movie of all time. The other one that almost, in fact, we've watched them back to back here, like on Christmas Eve or day when we have our movie marathon uh, here at the house. We watch Die Hard and then sometimes immediately followed by Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon starts off with uh, uh, Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. Because it's around, it's getting close to the holiday time. And, uh, and, and I love both those movies, but like, you know, like, well, we, it, some people, they're, they're like, no, it's, it, it's it, it, just because it's Christmas time in a movie doesn't mean that it's a Christmas movie. It's like, well, I mean, they have Christmas episodes of f- popular TV shows and sitcoms that is just, it's Christmas time. So it's like, it is a real time that exists in the world. It's a set piece. It's like, yes, it, it doesn't have to be focused on the fact that it's Christmas. It's a set piece. And so, in in the first movie, I'm not even sure when the, when the time frame of the first movie is, but it's obviously um, not snowing. And oddly enough, every single time that I've probably ever watched this movie, it's always been like around July. It's it's very half weird. Christmas, bro. Half Christmas. Yep. <laughs> uh, I love her building the suit, getting the wire. You know, old sewing machine. I don't know. I had to jump. I think I was a little bit behind you, so I jumped a little bit ahead. So hopefully, we're matched up better now. She's just really starting to grab the scissors. I am at uh, 3308 through 309, 10, 11. Okay, we're, we're locked in then. Um, Putting the glove on. Yeah, and I like how, like, like, so what was that that she was testing out to be, like, a, like did she make that claw? I think it's custom? a thimble, and she stuck the wire through and then cut the wire at an angle so it's sharp. At least that's kind of what it looked like to me. So now she's this in. shot is amazing. I, Hell yes. here with her in the window. Yeah. And then, of course, now that she has the suit on, she has like an entirely different tone about her voice. Almost like a purr, you know? Yeah. But I like that it's not like overly cartoony purr. It's just a very yeah. warm, seductress. Mm. She, she, Eartha Kitt, man. The yeah. old school 66 Eartha Kitt vibe, but way sexier somehow. Black oh, leather. No, no, dude, it. she's killing it here. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was really uh, just not not only just in her career, but man, she definitely was a good looking gal. And now we can ask questions like, in what movie did the Vulture and uh, Wasp make out? Because <laughs> te- technically, it was this one. Yeah. Even though, yeah, but um, this whole like steal the baby thing haunts your nightmares as a kid because you're like oh my god uh especially with the popularity of what's happening now and the conversation about child trafficking like yikes uh it's the hideous penguin man here take the baby please don't hurt me (laughs) also there's a funny continuity error here too if you've ever noticed it how could he go all the way up to that manhole with, that with the neck of the duck? duck yeah. Uh, unless at some point there's a platform on the duck that shoots him up further. But then if you look closely at his feet when he comes up, there's only a circular thing that's by his feet to exactly cover the manhole. These are these are things I've watched this movie too many times is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so many words. Because it's like right there you can see he just stepped off of a tiny little platform. Yeah. All right. 
props to Danny DeVito, man. He really, really captured this version of this character. And I like how it's like, this is so staged. And, and, and I like how it's coming across. There's that fireplace that's big enough to park a car in. It's massive, dude. That fire would, first of all, melt the fuck out of that TV, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Right? I mean, I've been around enough fires to know that, like, my ass gets toasty, and that's plastic. So, yeah. And it's almost like a dang Jedi funeral pyre in there. <laughs> Vader's in it there. It really is. <laughs> Vader's in there roasting on an open Yule. <laughs> yeah. And I like how he's sitting there chilling, drinking his eggnog, and Alfred's back there decorating this, like, giant 30-foot tree. Preparing to birth Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so, to, to anybody that hasn't listened to the episode of JIC, uh, 309. 309, we read the AI writes a Batman script. And at, at some point, Alfred tries to give birth, birth to a Robin, and... Because that's what it could be, be you know, because it's his job. Um, that tree is not only long, it is girthy, too. It man. is, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. a thick boy. It is. Man, he looks so young, doesn't he? Yeah, and of course, Bruce, as soon as parents are involved, he's like, I hope yeah. he finds him. Like, a little well, you know, shot to Bruce's heart. Well, and the thing is, like, as I said, like, he, he broods. That's what he does. That's all he does. He... Bruce Bruce all, Broods. Also, my whole life, I've never been to the Hall of Records, but I'm pretty sure there's not a massive sign that says Hall of Records. <laughs> <laughs> like above them right now. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. Um, there There is a difference in tone from the first movie to the second one, but what I really like going into the second one is that the press and, and, and a lot of guys are just randomly wearing hats like they were in the first one where it was almost like 1940s era uh like of, a, of like New York City like ah see <laughs> but nobody spoke that way it was just gangsters and and they, they and press all had trench and they all had trench coats and hats and everybody kind of had that look mixed with like a late 80s vibe of a run down dilapidated city but I, I I do like that there's some of that stuff that does translate over here and it's very apparent that in the first movie they actually had a lot more um on set stuff like like filming it i i believe they filmed in england and and here uh it's more of a sound stage production because of all the snow and in that big plaza square that we've seen that's like one of the big set pieces that that, that they build oh here's the soup bruce about to eat the soup i think you muted yourself mate Am I unmuted now? Yes. yes. Nice. The soup. It's cold. It's supposed to be cold. What's the point of this soup? It's cold-ass soup. Now, see, here's the thing. Bruce was hopeful that he would find his parents, but he's also like, I'm not falling for this thing. Like, something, something weird about him. And this is again him being a little detective-y. We I like see a little that too. Bit of him I like being it. a detective-y. You know, in the, in the first movie we see that too, uh, when he cracks the Joker's uh, uh, beauty code, or you know, like all those different things. And it, and, and it's not something. Love that, we, that Joker. <laughs> it's not something that we get to see a lot of. Um, 
And the next one, he's not really a detective, is he? Correct. Also, why is Alexander Knox not in this movie? I know. I really like, like his character. Same. Uh, that's what, Robert Wool? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I like how like, he's just rolling down the street <laughs> in his bat foe. You know, I didn't notice it, but shouldn't the snow behind him be melting? Like, frivolously from the fire that's shooting out of the back <laughs> of the Batmobile. Again, looking at the physics of this movie. And I like how Batman's just on patrol. Just cruising around in the Batmobile. And, I, and, and the timing of this shot, like, yeah, I see you. I see you, motherfucking penguin. <laughs> Uh, the, there are so many things that could have been really amazing had they done a trilogy, by the way. I really would have loved to have seen the vision come fully fully around. I would have loved to have seen some more of his ideas make it into this movie. Would we have seen Robin don the suit? Would it have just been the kind of the origin build-up story? I think because Robin you could... in this story, I'm sorry, I think Robin in this story, he wasn't going to have the suit yet. He was going to be introduced. Well, and look how perfectly they could have tied in with Robin circus. with the circus and yes. everything that's already going on in this movie. He's exactly. already uh, an ancillary character that exists just outside the bounds of what we can see as the audience, which, you know, means that he could be there, but they just decided to not tell that story. But how interesting would it have been if Cobblepot was the cause for the death of the, uh, the Graysons and mm -hmm. not Two-Face exactly. in the movie universe? It would have, well, I mean, it, as you said, it's already connected with the circus. It kind of just writes itself. And also, what the well, fuck would have happened to Chris O'Donnell? Because I think his big break really was playing Robin, so <laughs> well, he, he kind of would have been fucked. I think he did Three Musketeers right before this, or right before he did oh, Forever. Oh, okay. With Charlie okay. Sheen and Oliver Pratt and... Uh, oh, come on. Cactus Jack? Yeah. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Uh, no, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Curry. Tim Curry. Oh. I, I believe Tim Curry was in that. Good movie. It, it it it's a it's a little like Disney, um, happy, adventure, -y. you know, typical '90s action, like family friendly stuff. Question: With Keaton coming back as the Bat, allegedly, mm -hmm. is there any world you could see where uh, any of the characters that we know in any Batman universe aren't always dead? Like you could either bring Nicholson back. I know he's very old at this point, or you could bring DeVito and or Michelle Pfeiffer back for some sort of a cameo appearance. DeVito Do you would, work. would go that route. I, I, I wouldn't personally. Sure. Um, uh, DeVito would do it in a heartbeat. I bet, I, you know, like, you know, cause he's still very active in doing stuff. Uh, I mean, of course, and Pfeiffer was in, you know, the MCU and, and you know, did her stuff there. Maybe she's, she's a maybe, um, I bet, I bet Jim, Jim Carrey would do something. Uh, oh my god to have a Jim Carrey face off with Keaton's yeah. Batman I am full dandy right now let me tell you <laughs> standing up full dandy yeah um, no it's like okay. I'm okay with just the Keaton character version of the character coming in because okay. it's, from what I understand it's going to be a little timey-wimey with how the different worlds and stuff kind of mix together and that's okay you can have callbacks and stuff like that, but I, I think it's going to be more important to kind of tell a story going forward with that. I like this callback to the first movie a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that whole, like, 
uh, dark alley mugging. And you could have, as the audience, you kind of had the expectation the bat's going to be who stops it, but this yeah. time, nope. She just fucking choreographedly whips that ass. I wonder how cold she is wearing just that. Oh, man, she tic-tac-toed him. Yeah, imagine how bad that fucking hurt. Yeah, I just... Growing up, when this movie came out, like I, I was, I, I wanted to go to the theater and see it so bad. I remember it was this one and Turtles Two, and I never got to see either one of them in theaters. Pretty sure I saw the second Turtles. I know, like I said, I know I did not get to see this in theaters. Uh, I was already not supposed to see it on VHS. <laughs> if it was up to my dad, I probably wouldn't have seen it till it came out on Blu-ray. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like. Uh, but uh, I love this. There's like some amazing shock factor here in this meeting when Selena shows up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're Bruce and Max kind of having this tennis match. But Bruce knows what's going on. He's got it figured out. He knows the truth, what's really being planned here. And he's like not he just let... tosses it over to him. Yeah, he's like, this bullshit ain't going to happen on my watch, bro. Come on now. Puts on the old cheaters. To again, oh, yeah. again, Christopher Walken. He always plays Christopher Walken in everything he plays in, but it's it always, always great. Too much power. Now, did you know that there was a comic book uh, pitch to do? It, it, it was the comic book was called Batman eighty nine. A hundred percent. And it was to continue the the story after Batman Returns. They had, uh, they had actually even mocked up on the first cover, um, Billy D as Two Face, Mm -hmm. which was the big sell point for me, and I really wanted it. And of course, it fell through. And it really, sadly, the reason it fell through is kind of bullshit because it was off of the lack of success of the Batman sixty six comic that had Mm. come out. Darn. And of course, two different things. Two, it's two different things. And not to say that the Batman '66 comic was like terrible. It's just it's you're reading '66 Batman. There's only so much camp that you can camp before you've been camped. Yeah, I really liked the, and I haven't watched the second one yet, but but the animated feature that they did with that, I thought that it worked pleasantly well. You'll love the Two Face one, man. It's really great. It's really something to talk about. It's right and, and I'll HBO say it Max. again. And also on HBO Max is the Harley Quinn series, which mm-hmm. is. More and more I watch it, the more and more I'm like, God, they're fucking. I like clever. that slip up. Bruce slipped up where he's like, Yeah, we've met. He goes, Have we? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> he has met her. He saved her. He but he did. has to be like, I didn't save you. I don't even know you. And uh, her prowess kind of picked up on that too. And then of course Shrek lying here. On that ski slope when you cut your short your vacation and you came back. <laughs> you came back. And then uh, and she's running with it. Totally. I remember for one of my birthdays, and I want to say it was. <laughs> He's dead now. <laughs> I want to say it might have been 97. Um, I was going to do a complete Batman marathon. Have Amazing. A, have a few friends over. Start with 89, 
and go all the way through to Batman and Robin. And I remember we started. And I don't even know if we made it through Batman Returns before we turned it off and did something else. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I mean, it, I mean, it's great, but I mean, basically, you have a couple of eleven-year-olds sitting around watching movies all day. Eventually, we get bored. Yeah, the the interest is not the same as when you're more of an adult and you're like, I'm going to commit myself to doing this. Damn it! Well, I mean, it, with ample breaks. Well, that well, I mean, well, that's become a thing now. Just like sitting around all night watching Netflix. You know, whether or not you're watching TV series or movies or what. So, question: Did you have any of the uh, returns toys? Um, yes, but I cannot tell you what ones. I had okay. several Keaton era toys, but I don't know if they were directly tied to the returns. Uh, of course, I already said I had the uh, the Batmobile uh, that turned into the Bat missile, but as but as far as actual Keaton ones, I I want to say I had the returns Keaton one. That, um, maybe he, you like put his head. Basically, you you had Bruce Wayne, and then he okay. you could put like like a mask on him, but it, the mask was like his head and his and his entire torso, and it snapped on top of his head. But his his actual Bruce Wayne head was like very on springs, and it would shrink in into his torso. <laughs> So, uh, did he have like a like a black shirt on under it with red writing? Something like that. Well, I mean, there was no writing on it, but like he kind of had like a like a red sleeve sticking out of his thing, uh, or like like out of a, like a red undershirt. Uh, but but I I had that. I had a white Batman, a a dark blue Batman. So you had Arctic Batman was one of them. The dark blue one. Was Night Climber Batman? Such a weird. They had so many weird, different. Well, and they had. I mean, they had Robin toys from yes, the, for this line, well, which and, of course, yep. um, a white Robin, but Robin yes. no less. Uh, maybe this is we're seeing what he could have looked like in that universe, but ne- we obviously never get. So I'm gonna look uh, that up because I know I had a Robin and I got him around that time. No, no, that's not the Robin I had. I. I my Robin looked more like um, the '66 era Robin. This one almost looks like what they would do in the animated series. Yeah, Robin. Well, see, the, uh, with these toys, as we've kind of gotten away a little bit, but like the Catwoman toy had like the I had a uh, Catwoman. She she could like she had like springy legs or something. I remember because she was supposed to do like flips. Uh, and then the penguin was cool just because he had the fucking white and red uh, umbrella, you know, being all penguin-like. Oh, and it was also black, too. I forgot about that. Okay, so the, so, so the Catwoman I had, she had the whip, and, it, and you would, like, pull the arm back and, whoosh, and it would, like, spring back. That's right. That's what she had. Correct. And then uh, the Bat Missile Batmobile you had, Look at I'm looking at right Look now. Look at that. The old, uh, you, uh, back in the background on the posters for the Cobblepot for Mayor, it's like the old uh, 1960s version mixed with this version of. Correct. With like the top hat and the suit, the umbrella. And then he just tried out the look of the, uh, with the, like the little cigarette holder and like in his mouth. They're trying to, like. This moment scarred me as a kid. Oh, man. 
Key reason as to why parents complained right here. <laughs> it is, yeah. Again, props to Danny DeVito. Like, My nose could be gushing blood. Yeah. <laughs> and they just start laughing. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. What? Your nose could be gushing blood? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. They got like a good ketchup squirt on that, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Ugh. It is kind of grossly true, though, how this 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 movie, again, kind of shows the behind the scenes of politics. Yeah, that you can put anybody at the helm of a political agenda and, you know, you're. I don't know how to word it, but. You look can at Nixon, the system. I like he said, look at Nixon, Agnew. And now look at you. I like to fill her void. Oh, my God. <laughs> Creepy. Oh, my gosh. No, but like wait, wait, like what you were saying about politics, like, like here's here's a millionaire looking to get power but not run himself, so he's gonna place a figurehead in that role that he can try to control. Yep, and that way he can you know get whatever business deal he's that that, that you know that he's looking after. Look, Tim Burton was trying to teach us lobbying one hundred and one. Yeah, God. Oh my god! I didn't realize they made it a full size kid bat ski boat, like yeah. uh, for figures. I I was blissfully unaware. Shit, man! If I had the time, resources, and money and space to collect, I would go back and get all of these on card. So I just saw at Walmart. Ugh. I saw at Walmart today because now that you know my my oldest one's kind of more into Hot Wheels, I always kind of swing by and see what they got. Sure. And uh, they they have like the bigger collectible. Uh, cars and like they got like Deadpool's chimichanga van or whatever, but they had Batmobiles. They had this, they, they had the '66 Batmobile, the '89 Batmobile, and the Justice League uh, newer film Batmobile um, from like VVS and Justice League. And I do I saw that '89 Batmobile today for ten bucks, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, yeah, oh, man. Uh, but instead, so one thing. And I'm sure you understand the same thing because, like, our kids are pretty similar, close in age. And eventually they're not going to want to do this anymore. But he loves to wrestle around. Oh, yeah. And as they get older, it literally becomes more and more difficult because they get to a point where they're a lot more powerful than they recognize. Mm -hmm. And shit becomes less fun. (laughs) Wyatt likes to, my son, Wyatt, likes to jump and land on me with his knees. Ooh. Yeah. Painful. But anyways, so over the like during this pandemic that we've been in, um, I wanted to buy him a championship belt, a toy WWE belt or whatever. Sure, sure. I like how all this chaos is going around and the, and everybody's running around and he's just standing there like he's waiting. Like, I'll wait for someone to take their shot at me. Yeah. But what I was saying is that <clears throat> I wanted like the heavyweight belt or the WWE belt, but I literally was waiting for like two months and gave up and finally just bought him like the blue Smackdown tag belt, you know, and he loved it. He didn't give a crap. He's like, ah, I got a belt. I got a championship today, dude. I found first of all, a bunch of the toy AEW championship belts. Ooh. I thought that was kind of cool. They didn't have any of the other figures yet, but they had that. 
So that's actually a very good sign that they've got some resources to try and get stuff into Walmart stores. Yeah. Number two, the Winged Eagle Toy Championship Belt. What? Tell me you got it. Yeah. Awesome. I just sent you a picture on Messenger because I don't know. I know we probably can't work this into the actual episode, but I found the the vehicle that I had when I was a kid from this movie, which was called the I Bruce Wayne that. Custom Coupe. Yeah. So, like, you uh, put Bruce Wayne in because you would put uh, Batman in it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you would put Bruce Wayne and it would swap him. I'm pretty sure, yeah. All right, so... I had, from the animated series, I had uh, Wayne Manor slash the Batcave. Yes. And um, there was his spot where you had the suit, and you would place Batman in the suit in there. Uh, But then you would put Bruce Wayne in there, and you would flip it up, turn it around, put it back down, and Batman would walk out. Um, But, yeah, man, that was awesome. Oh. By the way, off topic, we have we you know, we've been gushing on Batman, gushing on this movie. Really cool Catwoman scene here with the guards. But I was going to show and tell something on JIC 309, and yeah. I never got around to it, and I kind of forgot it. By the time I actually was thinking of doing it, it was getting close to the end of the show. But this finally, I forgot this was coming, Nate. This is one of those things where I ordered something. So much stuff has been going on in my life. Uh, it's been a very, very long summer for me, to say the least. I forgot this came in. Ah, nice. There, This is limited to only 300. This is the vinyl for Into Eternity, The Incurable Tragedy, featuring our awesome friend, Stu Block. That was the second album he did, right? Yes. And Nate. I assume you're able to put together what the incurable tragedy is about. Can't. Uh, yes, correct. So on the front, Chris, you see like the red with like body parts on the back. Kind of like a red cross thing going on. Now, Nate, not only was I, did I jump on, this was like $22, $23. Okay. So like, even if it didn't have this, I would have bought it. Ooh, breast cancer awareness pink. It's the lilac. Dope. And yeah, no, it it's awesome. Number one, uh, badass album. Underrated. A lot of people say they like the first album that he did, The Scattering of Ashes. More. I can see why that is this one's a little bit deeper and it's got some really great tracks on it but now i've got both of the stew block and uh into eternity albums so I'm now gonna- you gotta hit them up and be like hey bro can i ship these to you and you sign them and then ship them back well i don't want to ship them i want <laughs> you like budge that i want to uh have him sign it the next time that we hopefully get to see him and when all this stuff is over, and then when, hope and, for twenty twenty one, my friend. You know, hopefully we can get on tour, or not us on tour, but catch them on tour. Um, of course, that was the first time that all three characters have been on screen at the same point. The main character, yeah, boom. 
great, it's great, great, great. And that, and, and then we have the helicopter umbrella. Let me gotta that, fly. Is that like Art Deco? Is that what you consider that? Like they would go ham with that in Batman Returns. Or what, I'm, I'm the, sorry, uh, Batman and Robin, like the statues and. Oh, uh, yeah, it's kind of like goth, uh, goth Deco would kind of be what <laughs> I would call Goth Deco. It. No, goth, it really is because it's got ham. like goth. <laughs> And then ham, yes, some goth ham. Uh, man, <laughs> I love that that look of 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 that Batman has, and he's just like, "What the hell?" Like some, I like how he backhands her here, and, and she just does that. Like, I'm a woman. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I, I <laughs> she's like, "You idiot! Why'd you fall for that? We're fighting. We're hero and villain." That right there is the crux of that Batman suit. Just, uh, uh, <laughs> just very clumsily falling off the edge. <sighs> I like, don't yeah. understand how the time continuum works, but you're ahead of me again. <laughs> That's a, weird. A little bit. I know. We're watching the same thing at the same time. And, you know, I mean, that's not really the purpose. The purpose is just to stay here and chill out and, have the movie on. If we're a little behind, it's a little bit ahead. It's no big deal. It's not stuttering. It looks pretty good on my end. Also, She's trying to find him in the suit right now, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. Running her hands down his chest, down his stomach right now. All that rubber. Like, I can't stab you there. I can't stab you there. I can stab you here. And he's like, I Go- just... I, Son of a bitch. <laughs> Kitty litter. And that's so impractical. Yeah, why would you ever ship kitty litter like that anywhere? Yeah. yeah ever for ever. any reason? Like that's that's one of the few things in the movie like could have made a better decision, could have had her fallen into garbage, could have been a sand truck. I like how he drives all the way back to the to the bat cave. And he hasn't even pulled this out yet. And it was that easy for him to just go. Once I got in the car, I'd have been like, here we go. Oh, motherfucker. Also, what other kind of antiseptic do you have? It's not ointment. (laughs) It's curious. It's a very specific request. One thing I do like is that we're seeing him act a little bit more normal in the suit and not just always have like, Alfred, bring me that. And accept your coin, please. Thank you. <laughs> now we got Top Hat Penguin uh, saying yeah. hello to his uh, adoring crowd. Yeah, you know, running for mayor. He's gonna like he's gonna stand up and be like, "Absolutely not! I just got here, damn it!" But I'm gonna run for mayor. I will say I don't know if I've ever watched this movie with no sound, so this has been a very interesting watch through for sure. Well, and the thing is, is that like the way that we record this, I capture the sound via the speaker. So if I had sound, the whole movie would be playing. And why can't this guy? This guy's been on screen a couple different times. Why? Why can't this guy be the Robert Wool, Alexander Knox character? Yeah. What the fuck? Oh my! Early nineties chicks. You're the hottest person role model could have. <laughs> How about a button? 
I love this. And he just like <laughs> stabs her in the tit. <laughs> he doesn't put it on. He just stabs her in the tit with it. Get out of there. <laughs> Again, for the fourth time in the mo- the first time this episode, Danny DeVito, big props, ran away with it. You know, and the thing is, is that he almost didn't like, you know, wasn't going to be interested in this at all. In fact, he had heard that they were like that he was being tapped for it before they even asked him. He heard it on like through one of like the, you know, celebrity news things. Really. Yeah, and he and he was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know about that," you know. And then Nicholson was the one that kind of convinced him to do it. He's like, "No, you need to go do it. You know, like you'll have a lot of fun and it'll be a good payday," you know. Very these two really, uh, you know, becoming the villains that we need. Yeah, because they do this thing where they haven't aligned, but they realize they have the common enemy. Yeah, she witnessed Batman and him having a thing. Before her and Batman had a thing, so the enemy of my enemy is my friend, apparently. I love that naked sexual charisma. <laughs> so awkward and weird. Um, I, but I also like, as the movie goes along, her her outfit gets a little bit more ripped and torn up. And yeah. you, The Penguin's never gotten laid, though, right? I mean, that's why no. he's so, like, because he sees the, the, this amazingly attractive woman in all leather, and he is On his just bed, yeah. Like, boner city USA. He's like, this is a chance for us to be together. Um, and then here are the clowns putting together schematics <laughs> of the Batmobile. Now, here in a minute, she's going to put his bird in her mouth. Yep. And she, Michelle Pfeiffer, legitimately did this impromptu because they were they didn't really plan to actually have her put the whole bird in her mouth they were going to do something and like like a trick sleight of hand and she just fucking did it because it was in the script i'm glad the bird didn't like die or shit in her mouth (laughs) (laughs) right like that's a terrible thing what But it also makes for an amazing cinematic moment that it you'll does. never forget. And and, and and also the bird wasn't hurt, you know. Clearly, no animals were hurt in the making Some of this. Some really great cinematic returns. shots here as they go back and forth on the other side of the cage. The way they're using the blurring of some of the cage wire and then uh-huh. pulling through to the other. It's, it's yeah. And yeah. then this, like, tummy. Oh, yum. Yeah, and then he grabs the cat. You're like, no, nice no, leave kitty. the cat. Oh. Spoiler alert, Danny DeVito really did grab that cat. <laughs> also an impromptu moment. <laughs> oh, but it wasn't a whap. Not that kind of cat, my friend. Nope. Uncharted Drake's Deception took place in Ben Shapiro's wife. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I've seen so many things making fun of that whole thing. It's ridiculous. <sighs> I saw like, all right, so I get I go. You tell yours first, but I just realized something I can talk about too. Go ahead. All right, so yeah, I've I've sent one or sent a few uh, to my wife earlier. 
and it was Catwoman cleans herself like an actual cat. As actual cat, yes. Like, which is how is that not the sexiest thing you've also ever seen as a like six year old boy? <laughs> I don't know why, but my wee wee is exploding out of my pants. So, so Ben Shapiro tweeted. He goes, as as I also discussed on the show, my only real concern is that the woman involved, who apparently require a a bucket and a mop, get medical care that they require. My doctor wife's differential diagnosis, bacterial vaginosis, yeast infection, or trichomonosis. And somebody replied with, my wife has never been wet. Isn't the own you think it is, Ben? (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Just, yeah. I, I, uh, so to, to continue on this conversation that somehow has found its way onto the OGs now for a couple days in a row here, um, I listened to the song finally. Oh, and yeah. my only question is after listening to the song and the whole time I was listening to the song in my head, I'm thinking about the censored version. How is there a censored version? Because everything is still so fucking graphic, wet and juicy or wet and gushy or whatever wet, you said. Wet sh- and gushy. Wet but and gushy. There are the lines, the other dialogue that is not that line is still so much worse. Some of the things that are said are so <laughs> much worse than wet and juicy or whatever. Like it's just like mind blowing that that is um, what is called talent nowadays and is making millions of dollars. I get it that it's like an empowering movement for women, and there needs to be like I, I saw somebody post today like. You know, a lot of sexual education for kids is all about the men's needs and men's mm-hmm. everything. And the, the women are really not treated as such more as objects. And this is like empowering. Cool. Glad it's empowering. Maybe there's a different way to go about getting equality or, or you know, things well, of that nature. Thing. You know, this kind of that mm-hmm. kind of music has been going on, on fr- from the male spectrum for decades. You know, we've heard that from like, I got a pocket full of rubbers and my homeboys do, too. You know, it's like. The entire, entire, entire discography of Steel Panther. Yes, yes. You know, <laughs> not just in the hip hop game. Yeah, not just in the hip hop game, but in the, in the other genres as well. And so, no, it's like the thing is, is that that kind of that kind of music, that you know, just with, just as with anything, it, it really it, just, it, it has its audience. The audience isn't you or me, and I know that. And you know that, and that's okay. It can exist. I I'm past the point when I was younger. I used to just turn my nose up on everything that wasn't what I was into. And I I'm glad to say that I'm not that way anymore. And the, hey, we're back to the to the Darth Vader <laughs> Yule log. Just how does she not go? Do you burn bodies in this? Is this a is this like for for um, cremation? This is a cremation kiln. What the hell? Yeah, but I mean. Going back to the music thing, you know, it. I have been listening to so much just variety here lately. Uh, so many sure. different, so many different things, and really liking the idea of cross genre performances. It, it, it's like when you hear a rap song, and you try and envision in your head what would an acoustic version of this song sound like, and you're like. And then you actually start trying to, you actually find some like covers or stuff like that. That it's like hip hop meets just guitar playing. It's like very interesting and something that to me, I didn't ever really realize that I would like. 
but I actually kind of do. And, 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 and I like that idea of having a variety set of like different genres mashing together, metal acoustic, rap acoustic, country acoustic, top 40 acoustic. It's like, can you imagine going to a show where they, they play like, you know, well that well that was Bullet for My Valentine and then that was Dr. Dre and then that was Taylor Swift and that was the Eagles and that was Garth Brooks and that one was uh that definitely was Aqua with Barbie. Only Girl. if the band was called Music Buffet. Music Buffet. Um well cuz like cuz that's the cuz you that, can have a little of this, get a little of that, take a little <laughs> of this. But as far as like, you know, the thing is with a lot of top 40 and there's a method to the madness. You know, uh, when you listen to what songs become big hits in the hip-hop realm, a lot of them are pretty basic as far as, like, their structure. And then they just find a way to flow over it. And the one genre that I that I have trouble not laughing at is mumble rap. It's very. Oh, yeah. I can dig on some fucking hip hop, man. I can get down on some rap and hip hop that actually has, man. And these guys are getting down right now uh, on screen. If you guys are watching, they are like. And 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 actually, there's a weird future callback uh, where they kind of realize each other's truth, and they use the same kind of realizing of each other's truth. Him getting touched in that spot and moving her hand, him seeing her scar here on her wrist. Uh, the realization of, oh, I've seen you before, oh, I know where you got that scar type thing, they utilize yet again in Forever with Chase Meridian and how her and Wayne interact and talk mm-hmm. and some of the dialogue that is said. It's just utilized differently here first. Ah, there we go. Pat Hingle making a quick appearance as uh, as our uh, Jim Gordon. Um, very, very small role in this movie. Yeah, he had one scene earlier when the, when the circus gang first came out and now he's here and mm-hmm. i don't know if he has any other scenes maybe at the party later he might be there maybe maybe there's like one sequence yeah why wasn't i told <laughs> she's like i gotta get out of here i like how he's stumbling over trying to come up with an excuse Big distance deal came up for it. No, scrap that. You know what? Tell her, uh, not dumb, be my girlfriend kind of way, but I will relay the message, sir. <laughs> I also love Michael Go as as Alfred. Yes. He's a different, very grandpa butler-esque Alfred comparative to like what you would see like with uh, Michael Caine, who's a great actor. Absolutely. Or Jeremy Irons one run as Alfred. Well, and uh, but like Michael Caine was very much the uh, let me t- teach you some lessons and you know diatribes and look after you and uh, less of me like putting together your thirty foot girthy Christmas tree <laughs> and getting you tea. But and then Jer- you know Jeremy Irons is like I I, I spent some time in the military. Love this now that he's expanded his arsenal. Now he's got a bunch of different suits ready to go. This this is like the little suit up scene. Traditional, you know. uh, Some company just recently did a whole YouTube video on restoring one of those suits. Yeah, it was completely nearly destroyed because of just time. Nothing had happened to it. Yeah, the rubber started rotting out. Yeah, yeah, 
Did really. they cast it? Didn't they do like a casting of it or? Mm-hmm. Here she is driving, you know, driving while uh, villaining. There's there's so many, man, just amazing scenes in this movie. This is another one that I will never forget um, just from being a little kid when he it comes into contact with the uh, free on oh, the shields. And, shields and it, it up and it they've done some like actual more computer animation to it to make it look a little bit more futuristic again with that art deco stuff and notice like the microphones here kind of has that 1940s look to it like it has such a weird mix of modern and old technology and and that's what i've always liked about these because it's almost like they they kind of sit in their own little time frame and you can just kind of get it's away. like Gotham has always been a city displaced in time. Yeah. It might be 2020 in the quote-unquote real world, but in Gotham it still has the vibes of the early 50s where there's a little modern and a little bit of mm-hmm. old-school industrialization. But this scene always tripped me out, too. Like, oh, my God, they just broke into the Batmobile? You assholes. And he's just, like, brooding over the crowd. Yeah, Bruce broods, man. That's what he does in this movie. That's all he does. Broods Wayne. Broods Wayne. Broods Wayne, dude. How cool would it be if they were able to put together... First off, we talked about, like, the comic book sequel to this verse. But, like, get, like, an Arkham game that is, like, the sequel to this verse. Oh, my God, dude. That's the answer. That is the fucking answer. Kind of like, like what they did with Ghostbusters. Uh, now, let me ask this. Game. Would you would you take uh, a major company that hasn't had a crack at a Batman game, uh, or would you see about Rocksteady going again? Uh, I wouldn't do Rocksteady, to be honest with you, because they're kind of like Arkham'd out. Um, but <laughs> Naughty Dog. <laughs> well, I mean, I would... Uh, well, the interesting thing is, is that... Um, WB games might be sold by the end of the year to Microsoft. Mm. So Microsoft would have exclusive rights to Batman. Sony would have exclusive rights to Spider-Man. And the war has begun again. Continues. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, WB Montreal, they, they're the ones that did Arkham Origins. Yes. You know, And it's a great game. It just doesn't stand out next to Storyline wise, story wise, to the other uh, Arkham games, unfortunately, it just. Um, but I would love had a couple cool twists, but that's no, about as far I as liked it. I really did, and but I could see why after you play Arkham City and then you play that, you're like, okay, I'm playing Arkham City again, um, and then Arkham Knight was really good, despite I feel like they they wanted to do the Batmobile so bad, lawn dart. <laughs> they want to do the Batmobile so bad that they ended up making it more about the Batmobile in essence and for a lot of things than maybe it should have. Um, I mean, granted, in order to do that, you you, you have to make it uh, like a big mechanic. And she is so dead. Although the way they made her land looked like a soft, cushy landing where yeah. she's definitely not dead. But, yeah, she you know. She is dead. She and fell I, a great distance. And I like the... I like how they oh there's uh there's Jim again, Jim Gordon. Batman and all of his ungrace falling off a building again. You know if parody porn existed in the eighties and early nineties, this 
exact scene would have been parodied to fucking death. Oh, I know. They uh, they do have a parody of, of like the '66 era. Jesus Christ! Ugh. I remember me and Rob put it on one time to see what the heck was going on, just to have a laugh. Oh yeah, it was funny. There are two types of people in this world that watch porn: those who watch it for a laugh. And those who watch it for a whack. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is... (laughs) That's it. The thing is, is that, you know, for people, like, pornography is is there to help people get in the mood. Or to get business done. Whatever. For me, personally, parody stuff has never excited me in the least. I never get going off of that. Anything that has a theme... Whether it's like uh, uh, Batman Avengers, I think they did Specter Busters too. Busters, Um, like a Ghostbusters knockoff. I remember they did uh, a Pirates. Busting makes me feel good. It wasn't Pirates of the Caribbean, but it was like Pirates esque. And it was a. I think it was just called Pirates. Yeah, and it was a huge production. Also, cool bat glider here. I actually had um, not this, but. Um, Batman from the first one, you know, whenever he first meets the, uh, the thugs that, that robbed the family and he, he opens up his, his don't cape. leave home without it. Yeah. Don't MasterCard. Don't leave home without, um, there was a toy where when you squeezed Bat, like his, his arms would be down and, and, and you, and you couldn't move him any other way. You could not play with him other than you squeeze his legs and his arms shot up and did that. And I believe it was that one. That a friend of mine was over. We were walking around, and he dropped it in my yard. And my grandpa ran it over with a lawnmower. Yeah, big sad. And touching the bubble, had a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> Jericho probably got the bubbly line from this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> a touch of the bubbly. <laughs> I mean, now that he's the Ayatollah of Rock and Rona. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, funny enough, uh, like, of course they played at Sturgis, right? Yeah. Um, so did Smash Mouth. Uh huh. And so did Trapped. Uh huh. Did you see how many people Trapped played for? Like six. There are two hundred thousand people at Sturgis this year, and six people watched Trapped. <laughs> they were the safest concert. Yeah, social distancing automatically in effect. <laughs> and no matter where you are, you got the best seat in the house. <laughs> oh, uh, man. That will teach them to be so headstrong. See what you and, and now they'll probably live for the rest of their days with echoes of Sturgis. Was that another trapped reference? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that one. Yeah, because you're a hollow man and you don't know about that. Okay. That's another Trapped reference. I'm all first album right now, motherfuckers. I saw Trapped, true story, on their debut tour. Did you? Uh, A second concert ever. Uh, And surprisingly, one of my favorite concerts. Still to this day, the lineup at the time and what was being offered and the the music and the quality of the songs that were being put out. I saw Three Days Grace on their debut tour with Trapped, who had just released Headstrong. So I Hate Everything About You just came out. Headstrong had just come out. And The Long Road by Nickelback had just been released. 
with uh, like the pants around your feet song that I found <laughs> the funniest. Did I send that to you? Um, okay. The so, pants around your pants, the feet around your feet. So I love your feet around your pants. I love your feet around your feet. That is DJ yeah. Cummerbund, and he, <laughs> he is a great mashup dude. Like he actually creates some really awesome stuff. He has a Queen, another one bites the dust with the music of Nelly getting a hot in here. All right, I'm into that. I'm interested. It is awesome. It's getting hot in here, so another one buys the dust. <laughs> and now uh, we have the penguin in one of those little rides that we used to. Like, I mean, this didn't exist, but like it, but it looks like one of those kitty rides. God, it should have. Also, here's the great uh, villain mistake that all classic villains make: telling their truth. Yeah. Uh, to the to the to the hero when they think they've won. Yes. And uh, when you're talking to someone like Bruce Wayne, he's gonna have shit ricka, 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 recorded. <laughs> I like how he seriously puts a damn yeah. Here he puts a CD in. <laughs> I I I think it'd be hilarious if somebody kind of did like a bad lip reading of this, and then they put the CD in and it's like um. Can't touch a Or seagulls starts playing just because it's a funny callback reference. Bad lip reading did a dick sent it to the group chat, the Axios interview with Trump. I haven't watched it yet. I did see that. It is it is funny. It is actually very funny. I actually saw speaking of like music, I saw Three Days Grace on their second album. Was that X? One X. One X. Um, they, they were at May Day in 20... Or 20. <laughs> at 2006. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 2006. Uh, they were like the second to last band. It was them and Stained were like kind of like the bigger acts. And and I'll be honest with you, I, I really liked Three Days Grace until I saw them live. Really? Yeah, they just... I don't know if it was a bad night. It, they just seemed like they were like kind of phoning it in see and then i saw them a, a second time which is really strange in my brain to actually remember i did see them a second time uh at one of the uproar fests great classic scene here he finally gets oh. the thing off the car to stop it with those awesome breaks before hitting this helpless old lady, old lady at 12 o'clock um now they did a nice callback to that uh in lego batman um and I, I like how he, he, he realizes he's not working. He's just he's just hobbling up and down, and now he's just screaming, and then he just punches the screen out. It's great stuff. I also love how he has this uh, fake motorized Batmobile inside of his trailer, outside of his Oswald for Mayor office, so people are just watching it shake as if major, very rough and violent sex is yeah. happening. Yeah. Hey, here's where your uh, your toy as a yeah. kid comes into play, because it wasn't just a. Th I mean, and of course, you don't know if whether or not you know they designed this because they wanted to make it a toy, or if they had an idea for the scene and it just was like, oh, that would be a fucking sweet toy. It was probably a, the toy. <laughs> Let, let's be real. Yeah. How many how many Batmobile type thing? Because like looking right now. I have two 89 Batmobiles, one that's actually from 89 with the original Ertl packaging. 
Then I have like a 2006 Hot Wheel uh, Nation Batmobile, and then a Hot Wheel from 2020 Batwing from the animated series. All right. Um, yeah. Um, I had the Batwing from Batman Forever. Big jealous. I um, loved Forever's Batwing, honestly. It's it, fucking design. The thing is, is that I loved the Batmobile back then, and I don't like it as much now. Oh, the, the uh, skeleton uh, Batmobile. Yeah. I don't like it as much now. Um, and I never really did care for the Batman and Robin convertible Batmobile. Never really liked it. But, no, I love that Batwing. That Batwing is a really cool design. I actually think that I had, uh, and I never built it. There it is. Oh, my God. Somebody has a, <gasps> whoa. Okay, dude, check this out. I'm going to send you another picture uh, because to just continuously follow up on Tangent City of our amazingness. When I was a kid, I got a Batwing from Forever for Christmas one year. Nice callback. Nice callback. One quick. When they're sure. talking about security. And he's calling Alfred out about letting Vicky Vale in the Batcave. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, okay, so I got this when I was, uh, like, the Christmas after Forever came out. Yeah. But when you see what I got, you're going to go, oh, that's why you never actually had it. Okay, so Bruce is going to do his Iron Maiden. And now it's a slide. <laughs> And, and the next movie it is a uh, magnetic bullet, ma uh, speeding bullet train. Oh, yeah. All right, so you send me something. You know what that is? Is that a model? It's a model. Okay. And I definitely was not into models at all and had no idea what the fuck I was doing as a kid. So I think it either got thrown away or just set. You know, and it might be still at like my dad's or something somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, but yeah, I loved that Batwing for sure. Looked better than the Batmobile, at least. So a friend of ours posted this. Okay, okay. And he's like, "Have you ever noticed that the Autobot symbol, mm -hmm. when you turn it upside down, looks like Darth Vader?" Hold on, now I gotta like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at me. I'm showing it on camera. Oh, I see it. It also kind of looks like. Uh, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> That's weird. Now Bruce is playing the recorded. Uh, Wretched pinhead puppets. Yeah. Like a stink, like a harp from hell. <laughs> and he's doing it all from the CD, and he's about ready. To to wiki wiki it like your favorite DJ, and it doesn't CDs don't work that way. Here it is. My gosh, <laughs> that's so silly. I like that they have like this smiling look at each other when they do it. Like we got him, got yes, him. We did. They've effectively ended his campaign right there. Mm-hmm. If only politics worked that way nowadays. Yeah. If yeah. Okay. Because yeah, that guy would be president now. If uh... 
<laughs> oh, he's trying to kill and corrupt the city. Cool. Make him the fucking man. Like it would be playing and they would be like, yeah, we don't care. Oh, I mean, I didn't hear nothing. Did you guys hear anything? Really cool that they were able to like get this shot. Why is there always someone that brings eggs and tomatoes to a speech? <laughs> now he's opening fire on the see. Now his campaign's really over. And also, you can tell how that prop worked. Yeah, that umbrella was just a fire. I like and how he just Mick Foley after. <laughs> he just Mick Foley'd himself off, off of the stage. <laughs> And, and not only that, he didn't go back into the sewer, which was right there. There's an opening. He, they're chasing him all the way into the zoo. <laughs> and he's like doing this gallop run. <laughs> Model, you fuck. Moses he back into flops. the river. He flops into the tiniest, thinnest, veiled river. That is not much depth in that water at all. He's realizing that his goose has been cooked. His duck has been cooked. Ooh, I see what you did there. He first, wasn't quacking around. First appearance of Jugger Duck in Batman in Return. <laughs> <laughs> the Dugger Boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's so stupid but funny at the same time. You know what would have been fucking dope, man? Is if there would have been subtle Easter egg for Freeze right here mm -hmm. somewhere or at the you know i know post credits didn't exist at the time but how cool would it have been to come back to this scene in a post credit reveal that freezes there or, you know finds it or something you see a guy pulling his wife and it's nora and he's you know well and well the, the whole building's kind of like not cold anymore by that point it's all it's like on fire and i like how like all the, all along he had this big plan in his back pocket to abduct all of the, he's writing out all the firstborns to take them away, just like he was taken away. And it's like everything went to shit. Oh, but remember, guys, I have this plan. That's biblical again, isn't it? As well, Abraham gives yes. up his firstborn. Yep. yep. Here we are, more biblical references. Well, and also, um, uh, one of the uh, plagues, the creeping death. Yeah, they t <laughs> kill the firstborn, firstborn Pharaoh's son. Mm -hmm. I'm creeping death here. I like this one fat clown's like, wait, isn't that bad? <laughs> Shoots him. <laughs> gun Bob. That's the gun Bob scene all over again. Pretty much. Just push him right in the water. And all those all those penguins are just laughing. And you know what's interesting about that too? The penguins are going to take a note from what the penguin just did there mm -hmm. later in the movie uh, when they decide what to do with him. Yep. Without giving too much away. <laughs> in a resounding negative. Can we RSVP the invitation in a resounding negative? <clears throat> I think this is the most relaxed we've seen Bruce look in any of the movies. Yeah. Uh, and I like, like how he's the only one not, not wearing a mask to a masquerade party. Well, because he is wearing a mask, yes, if you know what I'm saying. Exactly. Ingenious costume. Let me guess. So uh, trust what you need to do goody. is keep your eyes peeled for behind Bruce Wayne. Because uh, this exact scene is where a very specific Easter egg 
uh, is going to come into play, and that Easter egg could very well give us a tie-in to what we will see in the near future with the Flash movie, uh, which we might be seeing some footage of here soon at DC Fandom. Well, they haven't even started filming yet, have they? Uh, I don't know about that. I feel like they might have had preliminary shots of certain things done, but I know they had to redo the script, so maybe yeah. they haven't actually went to uh, to work in that regard. It's kind regard, of been in so. production hell. Yes, really. Um, I mean, they announced the Flash movie in 2014 or 15. Mm -hmm. So behind him, it's not this shot, but after I think she comes down and faces him directly behind Bruce, you're going to see a gentleman with a silver helmet that happens to have wings coming off of the helmet. There, and, there. I, I, yep. I just got it. That That's like the old um, classic. Jake Flash. Garrick. Yeah, yes, it is. Wow, that's cool. Yes. Tim Burton being clever, sneaky little bitch. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, is, it was probably just a little, ah, this will be fun. And exactly. Then, exactly. But now you could use it potentially uh, retroactively. And of course, some people will also argue that the theme of the party is very much like the Greek mythology gods. You could see like somebody had the Colosseums as their costume. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, what is it? Artemis is the one that had the fast running abilities, like uh, he and had the wings on his shoes. I can't remember who that was that had the wings on their shoes, but um, that could also be where that character who's behind them again in this dance sequence. Yeah, for a couple of seconds here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, interesting stuff there abound in the uh backdrop of this movie which interesting when you've seen a movie as many times as we've probably both collectively seen forever you start to look at the movie in different aspects you mean returns returns Did i do it again Re forever forever returns yeah in a couple of years we'll get to return or yeah. forever god damn it see i just did it again <laughs> <laughs> i love his his wide-eyed ah he's like wow she's crazy oh and she's brought a gun bruce is really attracted to the crazy ones <laughs> Mm-hmm. i'm trying to think we've had more we've had what only three cat women's on screen all time technically four because 66 had two ladies that played her eartha kitten I can't remember the other lady that did. Um, you obviously had Anne Hathaway, mm -hmm. the Show one and only Pfeiffer. Uh, Callback, here it is. This is when they put the links together uh, uh -huh. with the mistletoe. And they finish each, he, yeah, he finishes the sentence. And it's like, uh-oh. And they both know. And they're like, oh, shit, you're you, and I'm me. And now the, uh, again, Chase Meridian 2.0. Yeah. The mask has been taken off for Bruce. See, his response should have been, or let's fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you hey. know, like, does this mean we have to start fighting? No. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that at all. It's kind of hot, really. <laughs> yeah, like. But then, of course, shit blows up, and then you're like, okay, now we got to get down to business and get a little bit more serious. People are flying into trees, literally. <laughs> <laughs> a 
Bruce over here looking like Wiley e. Coyote after a fucking <laughs> TNT dynamite. After the after the <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, um I really am kind of disappointed that that Burton did, didn't get to finish his his trilogy or or anything like that because I mean this movie while it I don't think it captures the exact magic that maybe the first one had it it's more it establishes Gotham more than than that than the first one did you spend more time in different locations in seeing how the rich are with each other like you know like like this like a big ball and the political spectrum um that I would have loved to have seen where they would have went with it. No, no, don't take Chip. I, 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 I must went with Arnold Schwarzenegger there for sure. I don't take Chip. Get to the chopper, Chip. <laughs> Get, Get to the, the chipper. <laughs> <laughs> Get to the chipper, Chip. Get, 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 get to the chipper, Chop. <laughs> I just found an interesting um, little article, by the way, if we want to talk about it. Sure. Uh, it's it's only a couple, uh, you know, really headlines to talk about. But it is a list of all the Batman movies that were canceled. So apparently uh, there was a movie called The Batman that was uh, started in November of 79. That, of course, never happened. Uh, that focused on Batman and Robin's origins. Joker is the central villain. Of course, it becomes 89 Batman, just a lot different. They were going to do a Robin spinoff. Did you know that? No. Chris O'Donnell uh, confirmed <laughs> as recently as 2012 that, yeah, they were going to do a Robin movie back in the day, and then Batman and Robin was such a bomb, they were like, scrap that. Yeah. <laughs> that was the end of that. Uh before Batman and Robin arrived in the theaters, director Joel Schumacher revealed he'd already agreed to keep the reins for another sequel. Um, he asked the actors to be in the movie, and it would just say, thanks a lot, I'm moving on. Uh, but it, before those started happening, there was going to be another movie called Batman Unchained. The studio hired uh, Mark Protosevich in Avika's Goldman's Place. Um they had suggested Nick Cage play Batman. Did not happen. Uh, the Batman culture, a real Batman movie, was what they were looking for, uh, and they were going to possibly include Harley Quinn in that. Uh, they also had a movie called Dark Knight they were going to be doing, where Jonathan Crane is the proposed villain. Did we hear that somewhere before? Yes. Yeah. Because it becomes Batman Begins. Uh, so some of the ideas from that obviously probably just leaked their way into Nolan's ideology. They were like you said earlier, going to do a year one Batman movie. There's also going to be talks in 99. Um, along with considering Batman year war one, Warner Bros. also floated the idea of making a Batman Beyond film, uh, which debuted in 99, obviously. So yeah. they had talked about it uh, in, tw in 2001. They had discussed they were going to be doing it, but shelved it indefinitely. Of course, we knew in 2001 that J.J. Abrams wrote a script for a possible Superman flyby, which possibly also got uh, turned into the Batman versus Superman movie. 
that still never happened and then uh justice league mortal was the last one that they mentioned here briefly uh of course if you don't know about justice league mortal it was to be home by director george miller the cast was going to be dj uh Katrona as Superman, Army Hammer as Batman, Megan Gale as Wonder Woman, Adam Brody as The Flash, Common as Green Lantern, and Tessa Palmer as Talia Agul, with Jay Bruchel playing the villain Maxwell Lord. Uh, but it didn't happen because of the writer's strike in 2007 and 8. So I just found out something very interesting. Sure. Batman doesn't wear boots in this movie. What? He wears Air Jordan 6s. Really? Connected to an upper piece, which gives them a boot-like feeling. So Batman like rocking Air Jordans. He has wrestler sheaths for his shin guards. Yeah, and also... That's kind of what it is. Uh, they made some improvements to the suit, namely a zipper. So he could pissed. Yeah! <laughs> well, uh, long 6, 7, 8, 10, 15-hour you know, filming days, it's probably pretty difficult to get in out of a latex suit that sucks to your body as soon as you put it on. Um, and also, Burgess Meredith was asked to play Penguin's father in the opening, but was uh, not able to do it because of an illness. And we ended up getting Pee Wee Cobblepot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's uh, now, now we got the bat ski boat doing its thing, whatever it does. <laughs> Just zooming in the sewers. And why does Gotham have such giant sewers? I know, man. Maybe Gotham is actually in Texas. <laughs> Gotham, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is bigger in Texas. Gotham, Texas Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> He's knocking people out with his Air Jordans. <laughs> oh, I love it. And what a memorable scene this is with all the penguins on the street that don't look animatronic to me. They're not. They're actual penguins. Yes, they are, because that would have been a whole hell of a lot harder. Of course, there's some, like, the high, the sky high shot over top probably isn't penguins, but the penguins mm -hmm. that you're seeing actually yeah, walking close stuff up. on are real. I thought that Penguin was going to say one minute to remix to Ignition. So, in early on, the Max Shrek character was Harvey Dent. Should have been. And they kind of changed him to be a businessman instead of the DA. Interesting. See, now I'm just looking up facts about the movie as we're getting close to the end. Nice. Um... What else? Squawking. More squawking. Yeah, the close-up shots of the penguins. It's very interesting. Dude, those penguins were treated like royalty on set. <laughs> like they they, they had their own chilled pool and were fed like meat every day. Dang. Apparently, there was a original versions of the draft scripts of Returns that involved Penguin and Catwoman hunting for a hidden treasure. So it was like Night at the Museum, but with those two. <laughs> uh, 
Returns was actually going to originally be a more direct sequel. They were going to return and bring back Kim Basinger's Vicky Vale, yeah. uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker. He wasn't thrilled with the I. Uh, Burton wasn't thrilled with the idea of retreading old ground, and the script was reworked to make the links between Returns and Batman more subdued. Uh, that's probably also why we don't get Alexander Knox. Uh, you had already said Harvey Dent, Two Face was set to appear. Uh, did you just say Annette Benning was originally cast as Wonder Woman or as as, as Catwoman? Who? Annette Benning. Um, no, I I didn't say that, but that yeah, like she had to like didn't she get injured or something? Uh, let's see. After she discovered she was pregnant. Pregnant. That's what it was, because then there was a, someone else, the actress. I can't remember her name, so please. Uh, she was in Blade Runner. Um, she was really trying really hard to get hired for this role, and, hmm. and uh, she didn't get it. Interesting. Uh, another interesting fact: over fifty percent of Warner Brothers Studio lot space was taken up for this movie. Yeah, they have a sixty-two acre compound, which tells you how big the production of Returns really was. <clears throat> so. Here's all the people who were considered for the role of Dan, of the Penguin before Danny, Dan, Danny DeVito got it. It's a long list. Dustin Hoffman, uh, Dudley Moore, Marlon Brando, John Candy, Bob Hoskins, Ralph Waite, Dean Martin, Alan Rickman, Phil Collins, Charles Grodin, Ben Kingsley, John Goodman, Christopher Lee, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, Gabriel, Gabriel Byrne, Alex Rocco, and Christopher Lloyd. Dang. You can almost see Christopher Lloyd. Almost, definitely. Uh, especially how he played Fester. Yes. Absolutely. That's exactly where I was going with it, too. Here's an interesting one for you. Uh, Penguin nearly stole Mr. Freeze's thunder. Remember how Burton and screenwriters struggled to devise an evil scheme for Penguin well before setting on the triple threat of running for mayor, killing the firstborn children of Gotham's elite, and framing Batman for murder? Another plan familiar to fans uh, was considered. Possibly as a nod to Penguin's metaphorical cold-blooded nature, one script in Returns had the portly crime boss freezing the entire city. Later morphed into the plot to overheat Gotham, something that makes little sense. Putting actual science aside... This is a comic book movie, after all. The Penguin and his pets would struggle to survive in a super warm environment, which makes this course of action seem more than suicidal. Both ideas were eventually scrapped. However, a, would, the one would later come up where the ice-themed villain, Mr. Freeze, puts Gotham into a deep freeze, only for the Dark Knight to call the city out. So, uh, <clears throat> apparently, like, like we said with the Harvey Dent, Max Shrek, what happens to, to Max at the end with the taser and being electrocuted, apparently that's how they were going to disfigure Harvey Dent. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Oh, man, that would have been cool. Uh, here's another interesting fact. Some, not all, some of the penguins were played by little people. Wow. And were not actual penguins as well. So there were real penguins as well as, so, like, instead of bringing in the giant, massive penguins that were, like, king penguins, you know, emperor penguins or whatever. Yeah. They just suited up little actors. Um... A direct Catwoman spinoff set in a resort spa was also planned. In a resort spa? It says, yeah, you read that, right? The original plan for Catwoman spinoff involved an uh, bullet hole riddled Selena Kyle checking into a resort spa. While they'll sh there she would resign, the resort is run by superheroes who are predictably actually up to no good, motivating her to reclaim the Catwoman mantle once more. 
whoa <laughs> that's a weird one yeah that's uh, out of all of them that that's kind of just not it doesn't really flow well that like that that seems like an idea that never gets out of the idea phase and then also the final scene in the movie featuring catwoman uh was actually a late addition to the movie it was much later it was in it and they cost him a pretty penny to film that because they had to actually get a stand-in. Michelle didn't actually film it, and they ha- and they had to do it on like a green screen, and they had to animate and put the thing behind it. It, 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 it I think they did it like weeks before, a few weeks before the movie came out. Dang. But again, a visual callback and reference to yep. the first movie. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's as I said, they end it on such a note where you're just like, man, all right, what, what's next for these characters? And we don't get that. Uh, that's why, honestly, as I said, I consider 89 and Returns to be almost their own universe. And then by the, the Schumacher-verse is related. It's almost like a alternative timeline version of this. You know, it's like we never really get to, get to see what happens after Returns because Forever doesn't actually exist in this version of the timeline. And, and, Absolutely. And, and I know that's kind of convoluted, but that's just kind of the way I see it because they feel like so different in tone. They feel so, they look so different. And then by the time you get to Batman and Robin, it it's like way over the top different. More explosions. So many explosions here. Um, He's like, shut up, Shrek. <laughs> when it, God, okay. could you imagine Billy D in this scene? <laughs> shut up, Harvey. You're going to jail. You're going to jail. <laughs> oh, I know. See, and now that we know that, it, it kind of changes the whole movie like in a way uh, where you're kind of seeing like a dark side to Harvey Dent before he actually goes evil, you know, like full evil. Like they obviously Harvey Dent wouldn't be um millionaire bad guy. He would be kind of a corrupt politician, right? Sure. Uh, which kind of changes completely changes the dynamic from what they did with him and and do with him in other stories where this scene always bothered me coming up where where Bruce unmasks and all the paint around his eyes is just gone. Yep. Well, he actually doesn't have paint in this scene. Right. right before he unmasks, he doesn't have paint around his eyes, but he just did. So it's like, hey, <laughs> I know that I noticed. That's the part that always has always bugged me because can you can you imagine him walking around with no paint around the eyes and you could just see <laughs> like, it would just look weird. I'm a normal ass dude in a bat suit. <laughs> Selena. I, I like how he just started to figure out, like, it, it doesn't take much at this point to know who she is by her voice and all the – that mask is barely there anyway. Yeah. Um, Man. And how dense is Shrek? Why are you dressed up like Batman? Why, Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed up like Batman? <laughs> That was almost Tommy Wiseau just then. <laughs> hey, Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed up as the Batman? Because he is Batman. Oh, hi, Mark. 
Oh, hi, Bruce. <laughs> Why are you dressed up like the Batman? You thought you were going to say, oh, hi, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Salinas. I, I still love yous. Please, stop doing this. I did not hurt her. I did not push you out the window. I did not. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, hi, Oswald. <laughs> we could do this all day. There's a good shot of those Air Jordans with the little boot cover. And this movie's pretty freaking dark compared to the first one. Oh, yeah. And oh, I can she... see... Offs him. But I really don't think it was really warranted, to be honest with you, with the backlash with the parents, you know? Well, yeah, especially the way the world is now, looking at our fucking overprotective-ass parents in the 90s, you know? I mean, but dude, my mom let me watch Terminator 2 and RoboCop when I was five. We, There's no way we're letting my kid watch that. Fair. <laughs> fair point, fair point. We can't. Yeah, see, I'm actually looking, and I remember when, like, I am getting olfactory-sensed like a motherfucker right now, Brando. Yeah. I just happened to go on, and I'm looking at pictures of the um, the Happy Meal toy set from uh, this movie, as well as they had special fry boxes Yeah, and cups. Uh, three collector's cups, four different figures. You had Batman in a Batboat, a Batmobile the penguin and the Catwoman toy. I had all four for sure. Now that I'm relooking at them, uh, they also had Batman returns uh, with Batman on the uh, actual bags of happy meal of, you, of uh, McDonald's. Do you remember when uh, McDonald's used to do like all the like collectible glass? Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Cups. Yeah. They had the collectible Batman forever cups. I have all four. I like the penguin grabs. Ah, I picked a cute one. <laughs> I'm hurting that just, momentarily. But that first. just that just marked me out here too. I just saw a picture of an advertisement for the the Big Mac with the large supersized fry and the drink. But the thing that popped me was the drink also had a frisbee disc as the lid. Oh yeah, that I remember was that. Batman, and I just I forgot all about that till right now, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh. Dude, they used to do some really cool stuff. Yes, they did. Oh, I'm overwhelmed at all the different uh, old school pictures I'm seeing from all the advertisements from this era because it's just taken me right back to that era. So today, this is off topic. It's still superheroes. But at Walmart, uh, you know, they have like superhero toys and I they've been releasing a DC animated like Timverse versions of Batman, Superman and uh, Green Lantern. And they're like, sure, nice, nice size. They're like 20 bucks a piece. But I saw Spider-Man 90s era Spider-Man figures from I like, saw those two. Yes. And they had uh, Peter. And you could swap his head for a spidey sense where it was like half Spider-Man, yep. half Peter. They had uh, uh, Electro, uh, Green Goblin, and Gwen Stacy. Love it. And I and I saw those and was like, oh my gosh, I'm a kid again. Mm. 
here's that old like, again another good callback to the first movie where instead of uh, Vicky Vale being in the back of the car, it's Bruce, and this is kind of like the same car, that old almost like I'm, I don't know if that's a Rolls Royce or whatever it is, but uh, you know he, he sees like a shadow of Catwoman possibly in the alleyway. He yells to stop, and it ends with like the same kind of crawl up the buildings that we saw at the end of the first one. Mm. Just hits, man. This movie is uh, and has always been something that I just treasure really close. It's a because good sequel, you know. Maybe it's not as good yes. as the first one on some levels, but it's a good second entry. It's so. As I said, it, it really sets a little bit more of a darker tone for Gotham. It carries Bruce forward, doesn't do a lot with him, but can take him to the next story while doing some really interesting story work, as I said, with Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito really bringing it as both Penguin and uh, and, and Catwoman, respectively. And, you know, as I you know, Christopher Walken, man. Christopher Walken just nails it as Max, too, being that, that just grody scum millionaire, you know? Absolutely. Almost like the antithesis of Bruce. Yes, very much so. Uh, I just thought of an interesting thing that it would be cool if you did a callback when we see Keaton as Batman here in the next uh, time we possibly see him, and he's in the same alley still holding the cat, but when he turns around, he's much older. The cat's different. He goes to the car. Alfred's not there. You know, you can kind of really, in a few short key moments really set the stage for what life is like now that bruce is old yeah um in that universe now before we get out of here crazily enough and i don't know when this is going to release so it's probably going to be after the fact but as we talk right now apparently we will be seeing we will be seeing footage from the batman at dc fandom officially that's awesome awesome. i'm i'm excited to see what that project brings uh, and then also on top of that, today Zack Snyder celebrated Ben Affleck's birthday with a new pick of Batman in the Snyder Cut. And it looks f- awesome. I'm going to have to see that. I, I, I just marked out. I'm going to – I'll just send you the link. Okay. Because that just makes it easy. Works for me, my man. But uh... Zach, Zachariah Snyder, as the credits are rolling here. Uh, yeah, I love I love this movie. If I were to rate it, if we had to rate it, it's it's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the no. imagination, but it's definitely like a four point two five just on nostalgia factor alone. I mean, it's definitely a four out of five for me. Like it, like eighty nine to five. It's a it, it's that's not perfect either. But that has it was just a, such a good perfect storm. As as I said, it's a <laughs> it's a good uh, nice little addition and uh, i just sent you i was trying to take a picture of something on the screen and i missed it it was the name of of one of the guys that were that that were that, that worked on it oh, what was okay. his name his last name was clevin and there's a guy working max there. clevin max clevin there was a, a a guy that i work with his name is calvin and there was one woman that uh tom kiefer (laughs) (laughs) but uh that called him kelvin once and he's like what he goes i'm not i'm not kelvin i'm clevin (laughs) so when you saw clevin you're like oh i gotta take a picture and snap that and show him yeah but i didn't get it whatever 
You'll have to go back and do it. Maybe so. So for uh, randomly, since I was on, like I I, I had uh, my camera open for for some reason. The next thing I opened on my phone was Facebook. I didn't open Facebook, but it says the next stimulus check needs to be twenty thousand dollars, a pound of weed, and a large sword. I am all about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure somewhere in there. Uh, wow, that's a name. Bob Putnin Putnin Koski. I, I I can't even say it. Now you got me looking. I know. Ah, Steve Bartek uh, orchestrated this movie, and Sarah met Steve Bartek. He is actually a member of Oingo Boingo and is the reason that Danny Elfman sounds like Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. I-, I remember uh, talking to her about that. Yeah, so I uh, just saw his name there in the credits. I was like, oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, nice. Heck yeah, Brando. Well, uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about on this crazy, fun, amazing riff track that brought out all kinds of stories? Well, I mean, there were some stories. <laughs> no, like, that's what we're going to kind of do when we, like, are, are, are like, hey, man, what do you want to talk about? I don't know, man. And the thing is, is that, you know, like we discovered with Back to the Future, we can talk about the movie, we can geek out about it, you guys can get into that, too. And it's, sometimes there's some cool stories that come out of it as well, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, not every single week. But uh, but we the one thing that that we will do is to make sure that we pick a movie that is that that means something to us or is really bad, whatever. But it's going to be easily available. It's going to be on one of the streaming services that are out there, and that you guys can do it. Or you could just pop us on while we're in the car, or whatever. Listen to us and and see. Hopefully, we don't lose you along the way. Squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> Very squirrel. Awesome. Well, with that being said, I think I think that about wraps us up for us this week. I agree, Brando. As always, folks can check out the OGs right here on our YouTube channel as well as on the Journey into Comics Network. Get us whenever we're dropping episodes right there on the main feed. Get us on all the different podcasting platforms, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Also, Alexa, play podcasts by Journey into Comics Network. That's how you do it, folks. That's how you get to us. And you can also play all the most recent episodes anywhere else that you can find podcasts, as well as some new stuff coming down the pipe pretty soon. I think that is going to do it, my friend. Yeah. I also just noticed there's a guy in the uh, credits who was credited as Organ Grinder. (laughs) (laughs) Also, happy woman, happy man, adorable little girl, paperboy, aggressive reporter. Gothamite one, two, three, and four. <laughs> really key uh, roles in the movie, my friend. Absolutely. Well, Brando, take us home, my friend. Well, guys, thank you guys so much for joining us this week here on the OGs. We we hope you've enjoyed our our little look back on Batman Returns, and, and we'll be doing some more films and stuff down the line too. Some some cool look backs as we go along. Of course, we have some other cool stuff planned as we go along as well. Uh, Check us out and all the other stuff that Nate said. And until next time, I've been Brando. I've been Nate. And we'll see you next time, guys, here on the OGs. Have a good one. Keep it real, motherfuckers. (laughs) Yeah.